to reintroduce myself. Now tuned into the greatest. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Supreme Decisions Legal Minute Podcast. And today, I'm your host, Supreme Decisions. Now, I want to start off because I want to do something kind of different, but kind of the same. But I'm going to start off with Supreme I on the track. everybody that's listening. And we're probably going to start having more ads throughout these podcasts. Simply because the listening base has grown. And I appreciate everyone that wants to listen to my voice is as annoying as it is to me. But all you guys is all love because I understand what you're here for. Now, the one thing that I wanted to do a little different today other than make those announcements is the fact that I had to sit down a couple weeks ago and make a real decision about what direction I wanted to go with the, the podcast because I listened to the last three and while they had a lot of facts in them, they had a lot of things that couldn't be really disputed, there was also a lot of things that I felt was unnecessary in them. And the reason being is because that's not what this podcast is about. It's just like the videos I give you on the YouTube channel. They are for substance. This is something that not only allows me to grow, but it allows you to grow. It gives you a place of direction. It gives you your place of solace. And I didn't give you that in the last three podcasts, and I apologize to you for it. But what I want to do now is I'm, I want to address a couple of things first. And that was one. Because to me, what I'm putting into your body, whether it's through visual, uh, rather it's through visual or through hearing or a combination of both, I want to make sure that what I'm doing is giving you something that benefits you not only today, but it benefits you tomorrow and next week, next month, next year, next decade. I want to make sure that the substance that I give you is something that sticks to your bones. And all you Southern people know what I'm talking about because that's what the grits are for. And that's, what I, that's actually what I'm trying to do. That's what my original intentions were, to give you some grits. But I actually allowed a lot of my my emotional spillover to go into the podcast and that's not what I want. That's not the direction this is supposed to be because my emotional spillovers does not help you. While I use facts, that's not what this is for because the platform itself is for educating the common man and woman on legal matters that they may encounter on a daily basis because I speak a lot about the law is not for the innocent because generally people that are pretty much minding their own business, doing their own thing, you're not thinking about cops, you're not thinking about law, you're not thinking about any of this. So it becomes more dangerous to you because when you are introduced to it, you expect it to work. I even gave the conversation that I had with a young woman where she spoke about one of her people being locked up and... She was like, yeah, don't worry about it. I told him, don't worry about it because cops won't do that. And then I had to explain the cloud-based systems that are in place right now because 
police do that exact thing, which is tamper with evidence. Now, I also did a video a couple days ago because I have a lot of police apologists that want to send me emails and phone calls and text messages and blah, blah, blah. And for some reason, they think I give a shit. But it also goes down to one of the things that I want to talk about today, and that's entitlement. And the reason why I want to talk about entitlement, because there are a lot of people that walk around that think just because they say something to you, that they are entitled to a response from you. And I believe the video that went up today was actually about trolls, because trolls are part of those entitled people. I even have trolls that are listening to the podcast that send me some of these funky emails and funky text messages and, you know, pretty much things that I don't really care about or even care to address. But I have addressed it because from a legal standpoint and a business standpoint, it doesn't hurt me. It helps. So troll on, trollers. But a lot of them actually expect me to answer them like I'm supposed to, like I am obligated to. And we also run into that with police officers because, again, I believe it's video 23 out of 100 where I showed the El Paso Police Department and this young man get arrested and then assaulted by the El Paso Police Officers because it was three of them. And the officer's response was, all you had to do was participate. Yet the law dictates that he doesn't have to participate. Because one, he can remain silent. So that means if he's silent, he doesn't have to participate. Now, while a police officer can't approach them, even Florida v. Royal states, you don't have to participate. Let's say they even name you in a crime. They must articulate that you are in, possibly involved in, or possibly about to be involved in it to a crime. You don't have to give them anything more than your first name. And that's Hybel v. Nevada. Now, I did that just to give you a taste of that's what this podcast is supposed to be about. This podcast is about me giving you examples that you that or audible examples where you can actually hear and the example and pretty much picture the situation and then understand the court case that goes with that's what this podcast is supposed to be about that's not what I've been doing and I apologize for that and even whenever I spoke about um Aaron Dean I spoke about the things again that are facts I ask questions that pertain to those facts, but that's not what this podcast is about. Because while they provoke thought, are they provoking the thought in the people that it's meant for? Because I'm pretty sure if you're listening, you probably have the exact same question or that question is meaningless to you because all we want is direction. And me asking those questions don't offer you those directions. And again, 
I apologize for that. Because just because I shove a mic in my face and I get me a nice little MacBook to do this on and I, I load up Logic and I give it a little funky title, that doesn't make it mine. And I treated it as such. I delivered something to you that you didn't order. And to me, I even speak about how that's done in everyday life. Because one of my analogies is if I order a T-bone and you bring me back a ribeye, am I supposed to accept it just because it's a steak? And that's exactly what I've done. You guys have ordered T-bones. I brought everybody ribeyes. Why? Because that's what I want to give you. That's not what you ordered. But that's what this is for. Because I was putting my feelings into these podcasts. That's not what it's for. It's for facts. And not just facts alone. It's for court cases and court guidance. Mindless facts does not help you get to the next level that you're trying to be in. And just open opinion doesn't help anyone on any level. Because one of the things that I was looking at doing, because I talk to you guys, you know, should be once a week, but it's not. And is I look at things where I was talking about doing a supreme decision justice for all. Well, actually, that's now the the video channel, Supreme Decisions, Justice for All, because that's what the goal is. Because if we're going to arm ourselves to fight back, I need to make sure that I'm giving you something that can't be pierced. I have to give you a direction. I have to give you the, the stake that you order. And the last thing I want to address before we get into today is people have asked me, you know, time and time again, even though I'm growing on both the video level and realm, as well as the podcast listens and all that good stuff, is why don't I have more listens? Well, I want want to give everybody a little piece of what I'm thinking about, where I'm going with this. And my goal is over the next five years, you know, I want to make sure I have six million downloads of this podcast per month. That's my goal. Over the next five years. In order for me to do that, I actually have to put in some real work. I have to do things that mean something. I have to do something that gives you a reason to share this, to promote this on your social media platforms, actually for you to even say, hey, there's this guy that I listen to. Why don't you check him out? But I have to earn that. And if I'm going to put a lot of opinion in it, if I want to put feeling in it, I haven't place myself in a position for you to do what I need you to do to help me. I asked probably about a month, month and a half ago, what are you willing to lose to move forward? 
because very few things in life come without a cost. I asked you that. I didn't ask me. I gave you an opportunity of or an option of what I may do, but I didn't ask me seriously what that question was. And while I'm looking out and I'm looking at different things, one of the things I'm looking at is I think I actually, I think this would be better if I gave an example. Because one of my goals with my actual YouTube channel and my other platforms, to me, while it's a lofty goal, is one I really have to work at. It's also one of constant building. And in the constant building, it has to be done pretty much daily. It has to be done pretty much daily. And I want to get to 2 million followers or subscribers on YouTube. And wherever else I'm posting at, because even Facebook is becoming an option again. But when you're looking at what it is that I'm willing to lose, I'm willing to lose some sleep. I'm willing to lose some family time. I'm willing to lose and build right now in that 80% what I need to get to a million views or subscribers. But in the meantime, I also want to make sure that I'm not giving you trash. I'm not sitting up here and then, while it appears to be a ramble, it actually has substance. Because while I'm not pretty much privy to the microwave society that we have today, I do want to offer substance each and every time that I pick up this mic, every time I'm sitting in front of the camera. Because if I don't, who's going to give it to you? Because this one guy told me, oh, you're, you're trying to be like this guy. Well, I'm trying to do something like that guy. The problem is I'm not trying to be like anybody because nobody is doing what I'm doing in the way that I'm doing it. But I also have a real understanding of what it is that I should be doing. Let me say that one more time. I have a real understanding of what I should be doing. And with that being said, I want want to make something clear. There are a lot of things that people tell me often. Oh, you should do, do your show this way. You should say things this way. Well, here's the thing. While I have an extensive vocabulary and I, I can decipher big words and all that good stuff, that doesn't help you. Doesn't help me get to any loftier point. But it also doesn't offer the substance that's needed because if I'm giving you something that you don't understand and then I can't give it to you in a manner to which you can understand it, this platform means nothing. Because my brother used to always say, well, it's like giving a, a child a handgun to a child. 
don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you know it'll make the news. And yeah, I've been there, done that, bought a t-shirt, took it back. That's not what I'm trying to do. But what it does bring to my attention is a song that Jay-Z did a little while back. And that song is called Moment of Clarity. Now, there were two instances in that song that I want to talk about before, again, I actually get into the meat and potatoes of the show. But Moment of Clarity, Jay-Z spoke about, he wanted to lyrically be Talib Kweli. Now, for most of you that don't know who Talib Kweli is, he is a rapper that, again, he doesn't subscribe to the microwave society that we have today. He's a meat and potatoes guy because he gives you substance. The reason why Jay-Z spoke, he would rather be Talib Kweli because that is what he's compared to because Jay-Z is considered one of the great lyricists of our times. Why? Because he is poetic. He puts together words and double entendres. Like, if not the best, he is definitely one of the best to ever do it. Talib Kweli is lyrically one of the best rappers ever. Most of you have never heard of him. Why? Because he doesn't prescribe to the microwave society. Jay-Z said he wanted to be or he compared himself to being lyrically Talib Kweli. Now, but here's the thing that actually caught my attention, and it's been just like etched in my brain all week. Because the thing about this, it's the answer to why people say, why don't you have more subscribers? Why don't you have more downloads? Why don't you have more of this? Jay-Z in uh, Moment of Clarity states, I dumbed down for my audience and doubled my dollars. You criticize me for it, yet you all yell holler. And that went over 90% of people's heads. I actually, for the most part, I'd never bought a Jay-Z album after that. But it's been resonating in my soul for the past few days simply because I get tired of getting asked that question. Because Jay-Z spoke about his moment of clarity, his moment of truth being in order for me to get the money I'm looking for, in order for me to get to the millions that I'm looking for, I can't talk, I can't give these guys substance. I can't give these young ladies substance. I can't give them direction. So he had to dumb down for his audience. And he doubled his dollars. He got criticized by those, but they all yell holler. With me, I can't switch from having you sit down at the table and giving you a meal to having you get something out of saran wrap and pressing a couple buttons and waiting. Beep. Here you go. It's instant. I can't give you the instant. I can't dumb down for my audience because my audience itself is not dumb. I have a very educated base. The people that listen to me 
have substance. The people that listen to me need substance. And if I dumb down for anybody, that doesn't benefit everybody. I'm going to say that one more time. If I dumb down for anybody, it doesn't benefit anybody. And that's the whole, whole premise of it. I understood how I would grow once I started the channel. Why? Because I knew I wanted to give you meat and potatoes. I wanted to give you something that stuck to your ribs. I wanted to make sure whenever you finish listening to me, whether you finish watching me, whether you listen to me perform, you were fooled when I left. When that video ended, you were like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Because the one thing that I love more than anything else is the fact that I can sit down each and every night and I can go through emails, I can go through comments, I can go through text messages, and people tell me, oh, man, I've been doing this for, you know, studying law for 15 years. I didn't even know about that case. I've been studying, you know, criminal aspects in the Fourth Amendment. I didn't know about that case. I've never heard that case. Oh, I've been, I looked at that case, but I didn't see that. Brother, you showed me something. And again, these are educated people that are sending me these emails and text messages. These are professional people that are sending me these text messages and emails. These people are the ones that are seeking substance. And I haven't been giving that to you because I was giving you my feelings. And I apologize for that. Because it's about facts, not feelings. It's about things that give you something to grow on. Not my feelings. And at the end of the day, what we have to understand is the fact that when I'm doing this, the whole point of you even beginning to listen to me, it was because I've said something that one sparked your attention. I gave you something that you didn't see before. I cannot then this hell poison it by now leaking in opinions I can't poison it by leaking in my world views but what I can tell you is that you're here because you understand justice has very little to do with what goes on in the courtroom but it has everything to do with what's coming out of it and when I'm not giving you things that are based in law, but that is based in my opinion, I'm taking things away from you that you're not asking for. I'm handing you that ribeye. I'm guilty of the one thing I say I detest the most because you're asking for a T-bone. I'm handing you a ribeye and I'm saying, hey, man, eat. It's still a steak. And for that, I'm sorry. Because I did not realize I had even done that. Because one thing I want to do is I want to give you guys parts of me every time I get on this mic. Parts of me every time I get in front of this camera. I, You know what? Because at the end of the day, it is a robbery if I'm not giving you what I have. And... When we're looking at 
at things that were pretty much you know what it's it's one of those when we're looking at these things and we're trying to figure out where do we go from here and then you say you know what I'm gonna check out Supreme he'll he'll give me some direction but then direction comes with ooh I like this pizza spot over here that's not where I'm trying to get to brother that's not where I'm trying to go why you get why are you giving me that because th- th- who does that help that's only helping you you know, yes, I would love to come out here and then just rant and bent and, you know what, this SOB and I don't care nothing about it. Da, da, da. But that's not what you're listening for. And one of the things that I, I told you I want to do, I want to make sure I'm giving you, I want to make sure that I'm giving you substance. You know, however, whenever, whoever. I want to make sure I'm giving you substance. Because even certain little things, such as procrastination. Procrastination can be something that was the mother of overthinking. I've been told that at least 22 times this week. And I wish that part was an exaggeration. Because it's like everybody that I'm talking to tells me, look, dude, you're overthinking it. Like, give it a rest. But... I don't want to give you trash. And unfortunately, if I'm giving you podcasts over an hour worth of feelings, you know, yes, this is my couch for you guys, but it doesn't help you. It is a very one-sided friendship. While I appreciate it, but I'm not here for me. And if I'm only getting... If I'm the only one getting the benefit from it, then I'm not helping you. Your listening is for nothing. And then you're sitting up here saying, hey, you know what? This bastard owes me something. And for that, I'm sorry. Because it's about facts, not my feelings. And even when you're talking about managing things, I I did a show where I spoke about my own fear of success. I spoke about the fear of success that others had. And I also wrote about some things where there are certain things that you need to do just to be ready. And I haven't been ready for this podcast. Because it takes a lot for someone to come out and actually admit, like, dude, you done screwed up. And now I got to tell you, I screwed up. You know, I, I'm I'm that one that's in the kitchen that's eating up the big piece of chicken and somebody else don't went to work. I, I can't do that. That's not what this is about. Because, yes, when I spoke about Aaron Dean, I gave you facts. Yes, when I spoke about the Arizona Police Department, I gave you facts. When I speak about these officer-involved incidents, when I speak about El Paso Police Department, I give you facts. But the problem is, you're not listening to me just for facts. Because those facts, while they are just that, they're facts. The incidents are being shaped because of my feelings. That's not why you're here. You're not here for my feelings. But here's, here's the one thing about it. 
you know, I can go over the things that you need to do whenever you start a case. You know, because to make it easy, if you're not going to represent your own interests, then, you know, you just want to make sure you got a copy of Discovery. All right? I think that's pretty simple. You also, if you're, it's a criminal trial, you want to make sure you file a motion for speedy trial. You want to make sure in your motions for discovery that you're being specific. You ask for the dispatch call. You ask for any and all audio that deals with that situation. You want, if there's a vehicle search, you want to make sure you have a crime scene log and an inventory log. Yes, they are two separate things. You want a police report from every officer that was there. Why? Because now, because they came, they got to generate it. They have to. If there was a pat-down or if there was a vehicle search, you need an inventory log of, of the search. You want a copy of the warrant. You want a copy of the warrant application. You know, those are the things that you're on here for. Those are the things that I'm supposed to be giving you. Those are the things I have not been giving you. Why? But they're facts. Without question, they're facts. But what I've been giving you are facts laced with opinion. Because when I'm giving you something in fact, but I'm addressing it with my opinion, I'm robbing you of the substance that you need. Because now it's like giving you fish, but it ain't real fish. Or I'm giving you a steak, but it ain't the steak you ordered. Or as one of my other favorites, your fries ain't hot. You got them, but they ain't hot. I shouldn't expect you to be happy with what I've been giving you. And since I since I knew better, I'll do better. You understand what I'm saying? That's where I'm going with this. Because at the end of the day, you know, I thought it was important when I spoke about the drawing of blood. And even when we're talking about Mitchell v. Wisconsin because I put, I spoke about the drawing of blood without one's consent is an assault and we went over aggravated assault at one point and even in a kind of a religious or biblical text that if you're a Jehovah's Witness just saying I'm a Jehovah's, I'm a practicing Jehovah's Witness right? Because it is written in the Bible that life is found in the blood and you can't take life from anyone that has not been found guilty of something. Because, again, it has to be done as an alternative. So if you forcefully take blood from someone that's a Jehovah's Witness, you have then committed an assault. And, I'm, and again, those are things that are not my words. Because even when I spoke about an aggravated assault and the typical elements of it, you know, intent to create apprehension in another person. You know, when you're holding someone and they know they're anxious, when you're making a person anxious, that's creating apprehension in another person. That's the first element of an aggravated assault. An act would likely result in the application of force with a deadly weapon or in some means of force likely to cause serious bodily injury. Now, while we don't think of a syringe as something that can cause serious bodily injury or force with 
a deadly weapon. Just think, if I take a syringe, nothing in it, I inject you with just air. Do you realize that can actually kill you? Just that. Don't have to do a whole lot. Don't have to add anything. Don't have to take anything. Just air. So does that make the syringe a deadly weapon? If there's apprehension behind it, does it make it a deadly weapon? Yes, it actually does. But again, these are things that I'm supposed to give you on a regular basis, and I haven't. And even the syringe itself, the present ability to cause the application of force that would cause serious bodily injury. Now, I don't know about you, but I watch a lot of movies. I hope you like movies. You like movies? I hope you do. Because in the movies, you often see somebody with a syringe. They generally hit somebody with that syringe. Bye. We don't know what's in it. But we know they pass out, whether it's make-believe or not. So is the syringe something that could cause application of force that would cause serious bodily injury? Well, yeah, because I actually just told you just air in a syringe that's injected into your body can kill you. Understand that. It's not a gun. Hell, I seen the damn needle um, when my homeboy went to the dentist and the needle was so damn big, I passed out. Like, ooh, like yeah, you had to. They had to come get me. I wasn't even the one getting the procedure. I had to. I had to be woken up. Do you understand what I'm saying? I wasn't even the one having the syringe in my mouth. It, it was somebody else. And yeah, it caused a bodily injury because I passed out. I was in the. Whoa, yeah, I, yeah, I went all the way out. You know, you call me all whatever you want to call me. It, I, it did. That's not gonna change the fact that I passed out. It is what it is. You know, but at the end of the day. When are we looking for those? What are the things that we want to give you? Because even one thing I didn't give you in the video when I spoke about the aggravated assault is possible defenses of that. So, again, here's where some of that substance comes in. Because, again, the podcasts are not for my feelings. I can't direct you via my feelings. Even if I give you a little bit of substance with it, I can't do it with my feelings. So, today... We're going to talk about a couple other things. One of those being the possible defenses to this aggravated assault. Because you want to know some of the things that they can bring up to say, hey, we were able to take his blood or her blood for whatever reason. And one of the most famous cases that I've seen in recent history was the nurse in Utah. The sheriff went in, the drunk driver um, was conscious. And remember, I told you that the police can only take blood from an unconscious suspect that they believe and they have to have proof is under the influence. They have to have some some sort of probable cause to illustrate that they are under the influence. That's the only time it can be done. But I'm going to give you another one. One of the possible defenses of it, and this is actually one of the things that the officer tried to use was lack of knowledge of status. And what he maintained was he reasonably believed that the person was unaware was a police officer or that the victim was pregnant or may have been charged with a simple assault. He felt 
just because he was a police officer, that he could order something no matter what because he was charging somebody with something. Where in fact, he did not have proof of anything other than the fact that this person had ran into another person. That was it. That was the only proof he had. Yes, there was an accident. He did not know anything because the person did not give him anything. So his suspicion or his feelings didn't matter because of a, a portion of law. So his defense was lack of knowledge of status. Here's the problem with that. Nobody cares about his feelings because he still didn't do it procedurally correct. So that defense didn't work. But then you have others that have things where they'll say, oh, he consented. So, like, people who engage in games such as martial arts or wrestling have consented to possibility of harm. So when you're looking at these athletes, and I can even speak for this as myself, when you see them go into the locker room or you see them being treated on the field, there are times that they are given um, or they're given things through a syringe or their blood is drawn. They consent to that. That is either done verbally or that is done through a written contract or it's written down because, again, that's part of the exercising of a right. And generally, like I said, when you're an athlete, there are insurances that are set up because there are the way athletes are built for the most part. You push your body to a point to where you're probably going to need something immediate. Not going to have a lot of time where I can say, yeah, I don't really want to deal with that. No, I got to do this right now. Not even an option. Right now is the time. This is it. And then we'll worry about the rest of that later because now if I'm able to draw blood, you know, five minutes after an incident happens instead of the 20-minute um, ambulance ride, then that also puts me ahead of the game, which allows me to work on the healing process. But these are things that are done, again, through people that are doing things like mixed martial arts, wrestling, games, and other athletic-type events, basketball players, football players, soccer, hockey, tennis, you know, jump rope, pool, bowling. I'm probably exaggerating, but it's still there. So just understand consent is one of the defenses of it. Now, when you're talking about the last part of it, and it's generally one that's not about the necessity of drawing blood, but it's the act of defense from an aggravated assault. Because keep in mind, yes, drawing blood from one's body is an aggravated assault if not done procedurally correct. But... Other defenses to aggravated assault, while this one does not tie in, this is part of the defenses. So that's why I want to make sure I give that to you. And it's self-defense. Protecting yourself or others is justifiable if you have made a reasonable fear for your or someone else's safety. Now, this is one that I absolutely hate. Simply because if you've seen my video from the Las Vegas Police Department, if you watch the young woman that shot the, the motorist in the back 
with 20 other officers out there. If you watched any of these other officers that have made these these statements, and again, my the Las Vegas police officers, officers behaving badly. And the first thing that this officer does when he steps out of his truck is he grabs his gun and he goes, I'm in fear for my life. Now, this is the battle cry of the week. Now, is that everybody? No. But this is absolutely just like whenever you see somebody in the middle of a fight, you hear the battle cry of the ignorant. World star. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. You know, because we'd rather get views than to actually be human. And in this, in those situations, because even in that one, he was saying, oh, I'm in fear for my life. But while at the same time, his body said something completely different. You're in such fear that you're jumping out of your truck with your gun and approaching in an aggressive manner the person that you fear. You fear that this person is going to take your life but you are you are the aggressor. How is that possible? So when we're looking at that, that self-defense aspect, because that's the exact same shit George Zimmerman used. That's the exact same thing that Amy Geiger did, used. These are the things that are being used in cases like stand your ground because they want you to believe that their feelings matter. While the defense itself did not match the self-defense calls and George Zimmerman was able to get off but it was actually the understanding and level of law that was applied by Robert Shapiro so let's not get it twisted Robert Shapiro went out and did what he was supposed to do even Johnny Cochran when he was defending OJ whether you believe he did it or not you know he was there but he went out and did his job. It's not that anything was done incorrectly on one side, but it was damn sure not done correctly on all sides. And that's where this comes in at. Because even if you're talking about self-defense, even if you're talking about setting up proper lawyering, one of the things you have to understand is words have power and you have to understand how to paint that picture with those words. That's one of the things that you do because the words create a feeling. They give off a feeling. They give you something that, even with substance, even if you order the T-bone and I hand you the ribeye, I might hand you two ribeyes. While I give you a little bit of substance to make up for, because I didn't do the correct thing, I might be able to show you something different over here. And that's what these guys did. That's one of the things that I'm teaching whenever I sit up here and do this because this is not done just for by chance, by happenstance. It's because this is something that you have to learn. This is something that you can't just be taught. This is something that has to be in you. And this is also something that has to be practiced that you get better at. And every time you go out, you have to give the people what they want. And you have to understand when you're standing up in front of somebody, because I even did the closing statement that I did for one of my cases, and it was back in like 2012, 2013 or something. It was was a long time ago. But the whole point was, it was a guy, he he goes, well, I wonder if if the audience was able to get it. And I I didn't understand what he was saying at first. I took it to mean that 
he wasn't sure if they understood the law that I was bringing forth. And then it, when I went back and I read the, the, the comment again, the one thing I understood that he was saying was, did you paint the picture to where they could understand that during the trial? And that's where a lot of us get caught up at because I often tell you nobody cares about your side. Even in self-defense cases with aggravated assault in any manner. And it doesn't matter if it's a criminal act or a civil act. When you're speaking to 12 people that have no idea what you're talking about, it's do they understand what you're saying? Can you paint that picture to a point to where they're able to visualize the words? Can you make the scene? Can you create something that's, in essence, not there? Can you do that? Is that something that's in your wheelhouse? Is that something that's in you? That's the question he was asking. But because when I first looked at it, I was looking at it with the eyes of, you know, these damn trolls are getting on my nerves. I didn't look at it with the eyes of, do you know what you're doing? Were you able to do it the right way? Because regardless, my, my first mindset was like, dude, I won. Like, how, I, how did I not do it? And then I was like, oh. Because one of the things he did was he offered me dessert. Because he gave, I might have gave him two ribeyes, but he offered me dessert with, with that question. Because that was my time to say, yes, this is what I did. This is how I did it. But, yeah, now I'm giving that dessert to you because I can't eat all of it. Because understanding while we're painting this picture, we're not giving our own opinion, but we're making sure it's so simple that the people that have no clue about what we're speaking about understands that. And the only way we can do that is continue giving out substance. Because the more... You, as, as some of my educated brothers say, the more you overstand something. It's not truly understanding until you can teach somebody else what it is. Because I'm going to get back on subject in a second. There was a point when I was in high school and I was taking calculus, AP calculus. There was a point where I understood how to do a problem for four steps out. Why? Because that's how our teacher taught us. Do the problem four steps out and then we're good. I understand. I would do that in my head. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, but I couldn't tell you how to get there. So if I couldn't tell you how to go four steps out, but I knew what the four ste- answers for four steps out was, did I actually know it? No. I had no clue about what the hell I was doing. I just knew I was able to do it. Don't know how to do it, but I, so I didn't, I didn't have an overstanding. So which meant I didn't even understand it. Because I wasn't able to teach somebody else how to get there. Here, a lot of what I'm giving you is an overstanding because I'm teaching not only case law, but I'm teaching application. I'm teaching standing in a courtroom because just like whenever I did the video for V versus verse, using V instead of versus, instead of versus versus, using V instead of versus, is I'm teaching you how to perform in a courtroom in front of a judge and jury. I'm going to say that one more time. I'm teaching you how to perform in front of a judge and jury. 
Because understand, you got 12 people over there that gives no shit about your problems. I'm going to say that one more time. You got 12 people that are sitting there looking at you that gives no shit about your problems. And you got three that are happy. The judge, the prosecution, and probably the bailiff. Why? Because as long as you got a court date, the bailiff got work to do. As long as you got a court date, the judge got work to do. As long as the prosecution feel they have something they can charge you with, they happy. So while most of the people in there, they don't, they, what they tell you? 90% of people don't care anything about your problem. 10% of the people are happy you got them. Well, they, they go your scenario. That's a little more than 10, but they happy you got those problems. The other people that you're trying to convince, they don't give a shit about your problems. And that's where we're at. I'm teaching you how to get to those people. I'm teaching you how to win when you're looking those people in the eye. That's what I'm doing. That's the purpose of this. This is the guidance of this. This is what I know. Because I even told a guy today, I'm the Bobby Fisher of this shit. You can call me Money May when we're talking about this because I don't play law. I live it. Understand, I've earned the right to be as arrogant about this as I have because this is not something that I do lightly. I don't take this lightly. I don't even think about this lightly. Which is why whenever I go to a state of overthinking this, it's because I understand I gave you something that I should not have. And the fact of you ordered a T-bone and I brought you ribeyes and I told you to go ahead and eat. Because I want to be in my feelings about some shit that had nothing to do with helping you grow. And that, again, you won't have to have me apologize for it ever again. Because I was man enough to realize that's what I did. And that's not right. That's not what this is. That's not what this is for. That's not who I am. That's not what this is. Going to be ever again. And when we're going into other cases, because even Missouri versus Magnelli, when we're talking about these type cases, it's a whole point of understanding that we don't have to stay right there. I'm going to say that one more time, because we don't have to stay right there. And the whole thing when you're looking at this, when you're looking at this, because I'm going back, I'm getting ready, I'm jumping back. I'm back, I'm back on the, on the wagon. I'm, I'm, uh, whoa, Kelly, let's go. But, yo, know, I'm jumping back on this thing because I want you to understand. My passion is the one thing that kind of shines through because I want to make sure I'm giving you everything. That not only something, but I'm trying to give you everything. I can't give it to you all at once because that's force feeding you. If I force feed you, you ain't going to get full. You're going to regurgitate a lot of that back, and it ain't going to do you any good. It's actually going to do more harm than it does good. That's why I'm giving it to you in the way I am, because if I give it to you in small bites, you're able to digest it properly, and that's the plan, because I'm giving it to you over time. I'm giving it to you in portions to which now you can sit down with your books. You can sit down with your other encyclopedias you can actually take your trips to your law libraries and say you know what that brother wasn't wrong he wasn't wrong because missouri versus mcneely 569 us 
1-4-1, and it's a 2013 case. The United States Supreme Court ruled that police must obtain a warrant before subjecting a drunken driving suspect to a blood test. And then, and that, the natural metabolism of blood alcohol does not establish a per se exigency that would justify a blood draw without consent. Because you remember, I spoke about one of the possible defenses. One of the possible defenses is consent. And again, we spoke about the nurse in Utah. The nurse in Utah was paid. The police officer in Utah, it took them a year to fire him. He did this to a regular person that was actually doing their job properly. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, well, they just do this to, to minorities and black folks. No. These arrogant motherfuckers that go out there with these low-ass low IQs and they're doing things because they feel entitled that these people have to follow directions. Why? Because they're police officers, not because they're servants, not because they're doing their jobs properly, but because of the clothes they wear. Literally, that's it. Because the clothes I have on, you should respect me. Fuck you. I need you to do your job properly. Then I can get some respect for you. And this woman was literally arrested and manhandled because he was having a tantrum. This was the thing he was trying to say. Because had she done that without the person's consent, had that person been unconscious the officer would have been okay with saying hey draw that blood this is one of the things that a lot of people in California deal with I've actually just learned that there are a lot of people here in Texas that are dealing with this exact same thing and this is also one of those things where they must get a warrant and or your consent and this is why I told you in the video, stop consenting to breathalyzers because you're giving them evidence. You don't have to participate in, in their stops. The stops are legal, yes, but they have to have probable cause of an actual crime before it can go any further. Because again, an out taillight is a safety issue. Speeding, that's a safety issue. You know, and we're looking at, because even like, um, a brother kept asking me about dark tent. Dark tent is a safety issue. It has nothing to do with law. And while it's more prevalent in one area than it is another, this is one of those things that's very prevalent here in Texas, especially near the border, because I'm in a, in a Spanish town and these folks drink. I'm saying these folks because I don't drink. But yeah, you know, that was, a, that was, is that racist? I don't know. I hope it's not. It didn't feel racist, but it kind of felt racist because everybody got to be PC. But anyway, I'm in a town where a lot of people drink. There are more bars than there are anything else. And while there's nothing wrong with that, but it's the understanding that just because you drink a certain level and you drink a certain level and you drink, like your Oprah, that doesn't mean everybody metabolizes the exact same way. Because I even had a friend a month and a half ago he hadn't drank in a couple months. But he was in an accident, and because of the things he was eating, 
his liver metabolized and created alcohol in his body. I'm going to say that one more time. Because of what he was eating, he hadn't drank, but his body metabolized the food into alcohol because he's been drinking so long. And the one thing about that was had he not been eating this stuff in the hospital, he probably would have never known that he was in that state. But does that make him an impaired driver? Does that mean that he's committed a crime if nobody has been harmed? Because the one thing that we have an issue with is most of these police officers want to be Tom Cruise in Minority Report because not only are they doing this thing to a bunch of minorities, but they're also doing it to people that can't pay. They're also doing this because before somebody actually commits a crime and they're wanting us to respect them for it and say everything's come by ya and when it's not and then when we check them on it, now we're the problem. Although law states, they have procedures to follow. One of which is they have to have probable cause to even get your license. But if you don't give it to them, they want to put you in jail, even like the El Paso police officers. They hadn't even conducted the investigation, but yet, because the man did not want to give him his ID, he said, hey, go ahead and do your investigation, then come talk to me if you find that I'm involved. Because you don't even know what you're out there for. But at this point, because he did not want to participate in the investigation, they took his phone from him, which was illegal. They threw him on the ground, put their knees in his back, which was an assault. They threw him up against the car and said, you're getting charged with obstruction and interference and he was like interference in what and the cop yells public duties okay how was it a public duty when he was telling you go and do what you need to do how was he obstructing you if he's not a part you haven't even conducted an investigation but then if that man challenges that man is the problem and what you didn't see in the video was after they had arrested him, you've got three sets of cops that are there. They go and speak to the person that asked, and she points to a completely different person. That man was never involved, but now they've charged this man. He got court dates. This man had to go to jail. Why? Because the police officer felt entitled. Did not want to do what he was supposed to do properly, which was, hell, talk to the person that was complaining. You know, the complainant, the person that was injured. The person that was involved in the crime, the person that was woke, the person that was vigilant, the person that was there to speak to them, that requested for them to be there. He didn't talk to her until after the fact. But now this other man has to suffer consequences because he, his ego was hurt. Because that's all it boiled down to. Because, like, I don't want to talk to you. You know, because here's the thing. While I give these podcasts, I give these videos, because, again... I'm going to get back on subject. But that's what I do. I yap. I, I, I ramble. I yap. I do what I do. And I hope you guys enjoy that. But at the same time, I do this. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually give you the story of my, one of my sons. I'm, me and him are chilling. And he's in this annoying-ass phase where he speaks to each and every person individually. And uh, hi, hi. 
high, 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 and we walk up, and he walks up behind me. And there's this gentleman that's in front of us. Turns around, makes eye contact with my son. My son goes, hi. Dude turns around. Act like he didn't see him. They, they, they made eye contact. So my son taps him on the leg. Hi. 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 He does about four or five times. And I said, look, man, stop. Everybody doesn't have to speak to you. And my son was baffled. He's like, why, why does he not have to speak to me? And I told him, I said, dude, I love you, but hell, sometimes I don't like you. I don't want to speak to you. I said, so, you know, everybody's not built the same way. Everybody's not taught the same way. Everybody doesn't have manners. When I said that, then the man turns around. He goes, oh, oh, hi, I didn't see him. I told him, I said, that's bullshit, dude. I appreciate you saying hi. I was like, but at the end of the day, you should have kept your high because it meant nothing. And at the end of the day, one of the things that I do, people speak to me at times, and I, you know, I, I pick and choose the people I do respond to. Why? Because everybody doesn't deserve my blessings. Everybody doesn't deserve my attention. Everybody doesn't deserve a response from me. And notice I'm using the words doesn't deserve because my voice is a blessing. Your voice is a blessing. I don't give a shit how you feel about it. It's your feelings. Do what you need to do with them. Just understand, I don't have to participate in your fuckery. Even when we talked about the simple fact of, because I'm, I'm going to go into something else that's in the Supreme Court in a couple of days, but it's one that, because I, I love Dave Chappelle, because again, like I said, I'm getting back on subject. But one of the things that Dave Chappelle said and not the last show, but the show prior to, I, I forgot what it was called, but it was um, like his first Netflix special when he first got back. But he asked, how far do I have to participate in your self-image? I understand that. Great. It's, it's, you feel how you feel. That is absolutely great. Why do I have to participate in your fuckery? You know, you can see the world how you want to see it, but why do I have to participate in it? Why do I have to talk to you? Because even this El Paso officer, he felt that this guy had to talk to him. He had to do, he needed this man's voice. Man was like, no, nah, I'm good. You go do what you need to do. Then come back to me if. That wasn't good enough for him. He had to talk to him. He, you, all you had to do was participate. And the crazy part about that is I had an opportunity to meet this young man. And unfortunately, the video that I showed you was something that happened. It wasn't like it happened yesterday or last week. It happened like years ago. Like, I think up almost two years ago. And in fact, he spoke about one of the guys. I don't know exactly which one, but it's another El Paso officer I'm going to do an episode on. But he spoke about one of the El Paso officers correcting his behavior because he didn't do it once, twice, three times, but he had done it many times. And the guys, that was one of the guys that was like, hey, man, stop. That ain't how we do this. Because that, that's one of the things that helped me praise the El Paso officers because they are, by as, as a collective unit, and I'm going to say that as a collective unit, they do it as close to the book as possible that I've seen. They, they're some of the best at doing what they're doing. And I have, to give, I have to give it to them. I have to. Now, are there horrible apples? And I do mean they are absolutely rotten, destroyed, absolutely disgusting apples in that bunch. 
Yes. Because even even with that being said, I also have witnessed a couple of young men that are in the El Paso Police Department. And on Thursdays and Friday nights, they pull young women over that are coming out of these clubs. They're doing these, I hate to say perverted sobriety tests and these outrageous pat-downs on these young women and nobody's saying anything about it. There are actually other officers that will come on the scene just to watch it being done. And one of the things that get me is the fact that generally they'll let these young women go. Generally. But then it comes to the fact where you have one that comes close to someone that's a friend of mine. And the things that were said and done and, you know what, actually illustrated during the stop were some of the most disgusting things, but it went to the actual way people view police officers. Because even in this stop, this person now does not trust police officers because of the actions of one person. Because you're talking about people that have police officers in their family. This person no longer trusts police officers because of this one stop by this one coward. And I, and I, and I hate to say it that way because, again, it's one of those instances where one can spoil the bunch. And this one has spoiled the bunch. While later on there were guys that were attempting to correct his behavior, but at the same time, this asshole is still working. And it takes the fact that he was another one that felt entitled. And he's even yelling out at the stop about how somebody else is not doing as well as he is. And how the person he's stopping is a bully. That's so so oh, like what what the hell they gotta do with the stop? What I did 20 years ago, they ain't got shit to do with the stop. So what what are we talking about? Because again, his feelings has nothing to do with law. And the thing that I want to bring forth is the fact that now the person, once they because you know they know me, I'm petty as shit. And I'm going to make sure. I, I'm gonna say this. I'm a. I'm going to make sure that this young man understands who I am. I want him to understand my name rings bells. I want him to understand I am that guy sitting next to the guy. I'm that dude because your actions. No matter, you know, damn your feelings. Your actions need to be above board. Because when you have a collective that's doing it the right way and you choose to go out here and be in your feelings about anything and you're worrying about somebody else's past or your past is fucked up and you're trying to sit up here and think you're tough and think you can do whatever it is you do and not do it correctly, I got a problem with that. Because, again, like I said, El Paso police collectively, for the most part, they are probably the best police force I've seen in the country that I've experienced with. But I can point out several officers that are absolutely should not be in there because, again, the actions of one person 
change the actual worldview of another person. Now, they're not, they're never going to see police officers in the same light again because of the actions of this one coward. Because what he did was cowardly. So if he doesn't like me calling him a coward, fuck him. Because his actions showed otherwise. Oh, I'm not a coward. Your actions show otherwise. What you did showed or illustrated that of a coward. And if you don't like to be called that, regardless of what it is, stop doing things that resemble that. And his actions resemble that. And those that don't like what I'm saying right now, you can do whatever you like to make yourself sleep better at night. Because again, it does not change his actions. It does not change the performance of him. It does not change the duty. did not change the law. And it does not change my feelings. And it also does not change what he should have done. That he did not do. Because what I'm saying is what he illustrated. I'm calling a duck a duck. And if you don't like that, I stop, stop looking at ducks. Because that's what I'm describing. If I'm describing a duck to you, that's what the hell I'm talking about. So again, his actions illustrated that of a coward. And for those that don't like it, do what you need to do with it. But now I'm going to get back on, on, uh, on topic. So... Missouri versus McNeely, understanding that they must get a warrant, and every warrant has to have an application for that warrant, has to be signed off by a judge. Why? Because when the judge signs off on it, he takes responsibility for it. He becomes liable for it. He becomes a part of that living, breathing thing because now it's specific, and you can attack the specificity of everything that's in the application. You can attack the things that are in the warrant because again these are things that can be taken out of context because they'll use things like consent lack of knowledge or even self-defense now the last one i'm gonna leave you with is mitchell versus wisconsin and this is the case that i wanted i talked to you about because police can order blood drawn from unconscious dui suspects and blood will dissipate over time, states can invoke the exigent circumstances doctrine on that basis alone to allow police to order a blood test without a warrant. And the problem was, just like we spoke about in this Utah case, that the person that was suspected of the DUI was woke. The person that was suspected of the DUI did not consent. And the officer tried to use the lack of knowledge of status because he was a police officer and he felt just because he was a police officer he can order people around to do what they want to do and he can circumvent the, the system by saying oh it's exigent circumstances it's not exigent because even when we talked about the 15 or I think it was episode 15 I think it's nine exigent circumstances that I went over. I'll probably do it again because I think these are things that are pertinent to our everyday lives. Because even one of the videos that I'm getting ready to do with um, Daniel Ross, there's one of the things that, again, a cop used that 
was not true. And I'm going to tell you why it wasn't true. Because, again, I have to give you substance. You're asking for a T-bone. I got to give you a T-bone. And while today I only gave you an 8-ounce T-bone, which, which means I, I cut it up a little bit, but it, it was in the middle of understanding that I got to give you facts, not feelings. And in the fact that what I was giving you wasn't what you was ordering, I had to take my feelings and not just put it on wax tonight. I actually had to take them out to be able to illustrate and paint the picture of this is what it is because some of you are not even going to catch part of what I'm talking about because of the way I gave it to you tonight. And I, I, I understand that. I accept that. That's still me. But you still got a little piece of me. You still got case law. You still now have a deeper understanding of aggravated assaults, what it is, and the defenses of it. And here's the greater part. Knowing is half the battle, as well as knowing that you can now go against them. And I thank everybody for listening today. I thank everybody that's donating, allowing us to keep going, keep growing. And, you know, we always love it. We have a new partner in Zelle. And we got Apple Pay, Venmo, Cash App. If you don't have the link, download it. And now a new player in the game, while we've been had it, they're adding things to it to make you want to use it. And that's Venmo. And be on the lookout for the benefits of that. So it's me, Supreme Decision, and I'll talk to you guys soon. I love you, and good night. I'm going to show you how great I am.